Amen. That is wonderful. You guys, give it up one more time for Clark and his hope story. Wonderful. Hey, guys, good morning. How are you guys feeling today? You guys look amazing, Hope City. You do. You look awesome. I'm super glad to be up here today getting ready to speak to you guys. If you don't recognize me, yes, I am not Pastor Jason. Sorry. My name is Megan Gardner. My husband, Pastor Jono, and I pastor the Shepherdsville location here at Hope City Church. So you guys look fantastic today. I'm really excited to speak to you, and I consider it an honor um, every time I get that chance. So thank you guys for having me up here, and I'm excited for where we're going today. You guys ready? We're going to buckle down. We're going to go to good places. Awesome. So no matter where you are right now listening, watching, I believe that you're in the right place at the right time right now. So if you're worried about that, it's okay. I'm affirming you now. You're in the right place today. Um, whether you're tuning in from Shepherdsville, let's give everybody a big hand. Tuning in from Shepherdsville. Hey, guys. Bullet County, my home. Whether you guys are finding this on YouTube or Facebook right now, thank you guys for coming today. So we're going to talk about give it away. So right behind me, you can see give it away today. Why following Jesus is absolutely 100% worth it. So this is going to be awesome. Today, we're going to talk about how hard it is to change. Ooh, like I said, buckle in. It's going to be good. Specifically, change our life. Because change in us requires some hard choices, right? Choices of what to stop doing, what to start doing, maybe to take on new things, maybe to give away some old things. And I believe this is important because we are all emotionally attached to relationships, to items, to things in our life, right? But following Jesus will always challenge us to let go of some things, to give some things away, so he can make room for new things in our life. Sound good? Awesome. So I want to tell you guys quickly about this new show that I've been watching on Netflix. Some of you guys have Netflix. Some people are Hulu people. Some people are Netflix people. If you don't have Netflix, that's okay. There's only about eight accounts in the United States. <laughs> So just borrow somebody's email address and you can have Netflix. That's how we have ours. So it's this great new show. So show of hands if you have heard of it. It's called Tidying Up. You guys heard? I got a woo. That's great. That's all of my organized people here <laughs> today. It's called Tidying Up. And if you've never seen it, I do recommend it. I was very skeptical to watch it at first because, you know, I'm just scrolling for something new to watch. And I find this. And it's about this small Japanese woman. She's very petite. Her name is Marie Kondo. And what she does is give you tips and tricks on how to come into your house and declutter it, reorganize it, you know, make the space feel bigger. And it's very inviting. So I started it. And the very first episode, I found that the couple they featured, very first episode, looked a lot like my husband and I. And their house looked a lot like our house. Like, the way they kept everything, I didn't feel that messy. You know, like, I don't consider myself a messy person or a sloppy person. So I was sitting there watching this thinking, like, if this is the standard, I'm in trouble. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch this. So I actually dogged it for a minute. But I gave it a chance. So skip the first episode. Give it a chance. It gets really good. What she does, she comes in, and she has this cool method. And that's what I want to share with you guys today. It's called the Marie Method. She made it. And basically what she does is have you put everything you own into a pile, and then you go through it piece by piece, and you hold a piece in your hand, whether it's like an old lamp or clothes, whatever you're going through, an appliance in your kitchen, and if it doesn't spark joy within you, 
and you throw it away. Okay, spark joy. That's what she says. Spark joy. She wrote a book. It's called Spark Joy. So I was like, all right, I'm giving this a chance. I'm going to tidy up my home. I'm going to go through and see what sparks joy within me. So I'll have you know that so far I've gotten rid of some medical bills. I've gotten rid of a couple children, a dishwasher, just basically the unnecessary items. So I'll let you know how it goes when I'm done, though, in my life. So, But every time I watch tidying up, I always get motivated to, like, purge, you know, declutter every single room in the house. Um, but you know what I've noticed? That it's really hard to give things away. It is. Not the things that I want to give away, like my junk. I'm talking about the things I don't really want to leave. I don't really want to part with. And decluttering and purging is hard because I'm emotionally attached, right? You guys are thinking of some t-shirts you've got in your closet right now that you will never get rid of, ever. You've got 80, you only wear two, but I'm not getting rid of those because I love them. And it would be much easier for you to come to my house and declutter my closet because you're not attached to any of that stuff. And for me to go to your house and get rid of all the stuff that you don't need because I'm not attached to it either. Now, I don't know how you guys do this, but most of the time when I'm ready to to declutter like my kitchen or any room in the house, I usually put things into two piles. I have the giveaway pile, okay, so the donate pile, and then I have the throwaway pile, right? Technically, this one should be bigger, but give or take, giveaway, throwaway piles, right? The throwaway pile is for things that have no value anymore. They're broken. They're so disgusting that no one is going to want this thing. I won't even put it out in the front yard for a garage sale. So things like uh, old baseball or football equipment, like nobody wants to rebuy that. Just throw it away. Please do not try to sell those things. Belts. Nobody wants to buy a belt with a giant notch in it. So you can chuck those. I'm giving you that validation today. Mattresses and sheets. Never, ever buy a mattress at a yard sale. Please, those things should be thrown away. Or, you know, everybody has a junk drawer, and I don't know if this is just a new age thing or it's like a me thing, I don't know, but I've got like seven iPhones in my junk drawer, but I'm like convinced I'm going to get money for them. But in my head, I'm like, nobody wants an iPhone 3, Megan. But I just think like, I'm in, I don't know, I'll get $20. I don't know. Give those things away, it won't work, throw it away. And your giveaway pile, of course, is for things that still have value, right? So furniture, like wood furniture can be refurnished, or like kids' things, those are perfect to give away, just pass them down like toys, um, purses and bags, books for all of our bookworms here. I love your books, your old books, so pass them on, absolutely. But I believe in a lot of ways this is true for our relationship with Jesus, That as he begins a process of cleansing our life and changing our life, we have to purge some things, take a step back and assess that sometimes in our life we have to throw things away or we have to give things away. So if you guys have your sermon guides with you, I'd like for you to take those out really quick and write this down because I don't want us to forget that today. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So if you guys have a pen right now, if you're just listening, uh, grab a sticky note and write this down. Sometimes in our life, We have to throw things away or give things away. It's going to be good. There are certain things from my past, okay, let's talk about that for a little bit, that just need to be thrown out of my life, right? 
They're broke, unrepairable, haunting, and just not good for me. But there are other things in my life that still have value, maybe skills or gifts and relationships that God wants me to give away, but specifically he wants me to give to him so he can repurpose them. So ask ourselves the question today, are we going to the landfill or are we going to the goodwill? Okay. That's my Pastor Joe quote, landfill of the goodwill. So there's a story in the Bible that gives us a great example of how Jesus does this, Alrighty, So if you guys have those, or on your sermon guide as well, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22 today. So I'll give you a minute. You can pull up your Bible app and get that out because we're going to follow along. If you don't have it, that's okay. It's on your sermon guide. And I'm going to read this in the message version, so if you have an NIV, it might be a little different, but we'll read it together. And this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, so before any miracles took place at all, and he's here, and he's recruiting disciples. Okay, so this is the very beginning. So let's read this. Verse 18 says, walking along the beach of Lake Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was their regular work. And I want to put my finger there really quick and stop. And I want you to know today that your regular work is only regular when Jesus isn't in it. It matters. It does. So Jesus said to them, come with me, and I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. A short distance down the beach, they came upon another pair of brothers, James and John, Zebedee's sons. These two were sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their fish nets. Jesus made the same offer to them, and they were just as quick to follow, abandoning boat and father. I love that last little bit because in my mind I see this guy in a boat with his sons and they get up and they just leave him and he's like, what just happened? That's it. I love that last part. But the first thing I want us to remember and what we can learn from this passage today is that our past has no place in our future. Our past has no place in our future. When the opportunity to follow Jesus came to them, they did something really significant. I don't want us to miss this. Verse 20 says, they didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. So somebody say, throw it away. Throw it away. That's right. So why is this important? It's important because they didn't just drop what they were doing, but they dropped what was holding them back for moving forward. This is important in our lives because sometimes in order to step into the life that God has for us, we need to drop some things. We need to kind of assess and let go of them. We have to take what has no value at all, what's keeping us in the past, and introduce it to the trash can. Just drop it. God wants to do new things in us, and Jesus offers us a life free of guilt from our past to do new things. And if I'm holding on to who I used to be, when God comes and offers me a new life, my hands are already full. So what can I do? And you might be thinking of what that is for you right now. Maybe you need to get rid of some bad relationships. (laughs) That one's my absolute favorite. 
Maybe you guys need to go through some phone and delete some ex's numbers. Come on now. <laughs> delete some toxic relationships in your life, right? Some of us are going through a recovery, and we might need to hand somebody over our debit card or maybe the password to our social media accounts. We need to get rid of some things. Some of us are trying to get over some bad habits, right? Some of us, like myself, happens to be a compulsive shopper. <laughs> and I need to make sure that I do what I need to do to make sure that when God calls me, there's nothing else in my hand, that I drop it and I let it go. So whatever unusable ways of thinking we have, we assess our lives, our negative emotions, our toxic relationships that are emotionally attached to us, we let them go because they're not worth keeping. And I bet you anything they don't spark joy within you. So I want to tell you guys really quick about my husband, Pastor Jono. You guys might not know him. That's okay. I'll tell you a little story about him. If you do know him, you know that he loves metal music. He loves, like, For Today and Gideon and Wolves of the Gate and all these bands that you've probably never heard of before. <laughs> Makes sense. He absolutely loves it. So he's always driving around blaring metal music. Absolutely loves it. But little fun fact about him. A long, long time ago, younger Jono loved country music and was a huge country music fan. Of course, we're from Texas, so yes, it was the stereotype. If you could picture it in your head, he totally had the boots. They were like two, two sizes too big for him. The cowboy hat, like the jacked up truck with the wheels that are obviously too big for the car. I don't know why guys do that. And he would like blare Brad Paisley everywhere he went, blast it through his car. And that was young Pastor Jono. So wonder, I was very attracted to that. I don't know why. Fantastic. But that part in his life, that, that season in his life, he wasn't proud of some things that he did. And a lot of us could be there thinking about our past. And as Pastor Jono grew in his relationship with Christ, he made the conscious decision to let go of country music. Why? Because every time he heard those songs and every time he was back in that mode in his mind, it brought him back those memories. It brought him back that attitude. And it reminded him of his past. So growing, he made that small decision, I'm going to let that go because I don't want to take it into my future with me. Jesus is calling you higher. And if you'd ask Pastor Donald if he regrets that, no. If you ask him if God made him do that, no. That was his choice. God is not trying to force any choices on you today. This is all between you and your relationship with him. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying country music is bad, okay? I love me some Garth Brooks during certain times in my life. But maybe there are some things that we need to throw away because we don't want to take them with us. It's just what he felt was right for him. So drop what has no value. God wants to do new things. Take a pile of trash that's just taking up space. And it's just taking up emotional energy right now and introduce it to the trash can. And if you're not sure if something needs to be thrown away in your life, Pastor John and I have this saying that if you question it, the answer is yes. So we'll always ask ourselves, like, am I eating too many sweets? If you have to question it, the answer is probably yes. Good. Is this too short on me, this dress? The answer is probably yes. So... Same thing with us in our life right now is if you're questioning it, is this unhealthy for me? The answer is probably yes. 
And what's the worst you could do if you just put it in the pile and see what God does? Amen? So throw it away. So the second thing that we can learn from this passage, and I want to highlight today, is that what you do every single day matters to others. What you do matters to others. Jesus said this, come with me and I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. So there are other things in our life that do have value, right? Skills and relationships and gifts that God desires to repurpose inside of us. And God doesn't want to take everything about you and completely change you. That's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to change the good things that you do. All he said to the disciples here was, basically, if you follow me, you're going to learn to take your life's purpose and give it away instead of keep it for yourself. And after you give, you're going to want to keep on giving. So somebody say, give it away. Give away your life's purpose. There's a scripture in Ephesians that describes exactly what our purpose is and what we were created for, and I'll read it for you really fast. It's Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. So we were saved to do good works. That's our purpose in life. We aren't saved by good works. We're saved so we can do good work. And out of all of our work, it's all different. And that's a good thing. So none of us doubt that we're all made with certain gifts and abilities. And you have friends that I don't have, you know, and you're good at things that I'm not good at. And your neighbor to the right or left of you is good at things that you're not good at. And you know how I know that to be true? Because if Pastor Jason came up to you today and said, okay, you've got the sermon next week. You're going to get up here. And hundreds of people are going to wait for you to make a message and hear what you derive from the Bible. Oh, and by the way, we're going to record you while you do it. You ready? You got one week. Some of you are like, beat red right now. Please, no. I cannot get up in front of people. But you've got gifts that I don't have and that Pastor Jason doesn't have and that God desires to repurpose those inside of you. We all have passions and skills put there by God, but they're not all the same. So what happened here on the beach was they accepted the invitation to redirect those valuable things in their life. They decided to give fishing to God, and he said, now I'm going to make you fishers of men. So if you're a mechanic, a physician, a dentist, a pediatrician, a chiropractor, thank God for chiropractors, I love them, a teacher, an engineer, Whatever you are, God desires a growing relationship with you that will take what you do, and instead of doing it for yourself every day, now you do it for him, and it affects so many other people. So what that looks like is someone with a passion for serving, right? Serving others. Maybe you're a waitress, and you love to be a waitress. Maybe you love being a nurse and just seeing needs in others. So someone who has a passion for serving now maybe serves breakfast to volunteers on Sundays at church or serves in the children's wing. You do what you do and what you love to do and what God put inside of you for others. So I want to remind you of this today. No matter what you do, musician or physician, that you don't have to be a preacher to be used by God. 
hear that, hear what I'm saying. You do not have to be a preacher to be used by God. You don't have to be super, uber talented. These guys in this passage were just fishermen. That's all they did. They did what their dad did and his dad did and probably his dad did for probably centuries. They're just fishermen. And I bet you they stunk really, really, really bad. So, hey, you don't even have to smell that good to be used by God either. But that's all they did. It was their regular work. God wants to take your regular work today and use it for him. So I decided at 17 years old that I wanted to make ministry my career because I just loved Sundays. Sundays were so exciting to me. I wanted every day to be Sunday. I wanted to learn how to make my life like church because I loved it. I just loved Jesus and the feelings I got when I was there. And around that time, most teenagers are figuring out what they want to do with their life. And a lot of my friends were going to the University of South Florida or like a Central Florida University. And I just wanted to go to Bible college. But I had a really hard time explaining to other people that I wasn't going to be a nun. <laughs> Because that's all they thought. <laughs> but ministry is extremely colorful. You don't have to go to Bible college. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying being used by God is extremely colorful. There's lots of ways you can serve in the church. That's just me. If you are a killer stay-at-home mom and you decorate like Chip and Joanna Gaines and you got all these Pinterest parties going on and you make sure your house is clean and you just love and have a passion for creating a warm and welcoming home, then you'd be a great growth group host. Some of you guys are like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And it's okay. Some of you might say, Megan, like, I'm not good at speaking. I'm not good at teaching. I'm not good at all these things. But like I said, these guys were just fishermen. They didn't have any special qualifications. They didn't have a PhD. They didn't go to school to be in ministry. It's just what they did. And one day they decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. And he changed their life. You don't have to stop what you're doing now and go to school to learn how to serve in children's ministry. You just have to say yes. That's all they did. Jesus said, come. And they dropped their nets. And they followed him. And you know, what I think we can relate to a little bit in this area is our favorite artists and songwriters. If you think about talent, wow, and gifts, wow. I love hearing, like, Pastor Andrea come up here and just wail. It's so beautiful. And I love hearing Kaylee do it. It's so beautiful when they sing and they lead us into worship on Sundays. And I think about some of my favorite bands, too, and how awesome it is when they sing. And have you guys ever noticed that when you go to a concert, everybody lifts their hands? It's kind of crazy, huh? And we do that here in church, too. That's what we were made for good works and worship. And when I think about people using their gifts for God, what would it look like if some of our favorite singer-songwriters and bands did everything they did for Jesus? How many people could they reach? So cool to think about. So the third and final thing that we can learn from the scripture and that I want you guys to know today is you find your life when you lose it. You find your life when you lose it. I hate losing things. <laughs> and that sounds pretty scary when I say you find your life when you lose it. I hate losing my car keys. I do that all the time. And my wallet. And my kids sometimes. Once a week, lose my sanity. That's okay. 
But that's not necessarily what I'm saying today. You are going to feel a little out of control sometimes in your life. Let's put God in control of it. I feel irresponsible when I lose things. I feel very panicked when I lose things. And you might feel that way for just a moment when you take a breath in, give your heart to Jesus, but, but I guarantee you that it will be worth it. 100% worth it. Losing our lives to Jesus sounds horrible, but it's actually really beautiful. It means where once I felt like my life had no meaning, where once I felt purposeless, where my life never impacted anyone else but mine, now I live a life of constant giving and constant impact. So have you ever asked the question, how can I be more like God? Some of us have before. There's a simple scripture that says, John 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you'll never be more like God than when you give. Give 100%. Abandon, vote in Father. I love it. A life of him is a life that affects others. See, this scripture doesn't tell us about all the miracles after that that they experienced. That Simon, Andrew, James, and John. It didn't tell us about the blind man walking and how they saw the tomb rolled away and their friend was gone. They didn't tell us about all those wonderful things that we read about in the New Testament. It just told us that they made that decision. But we know the end of the story. We know what happened, that Jesus died on the cross and that they were a part of that. That's the life they chose. And that thousands of years later, today we're still talking about them. We're still talking about the impact that that day made on their lives. That's the kind of life, that's the kind of magnitude that God wants for you. Simply saying yes to come with me and I'll repurpose your life. People might be talking about you thousands of years from now. Wow, do you remember that person in church? She rocked my kids. Do you remember that person, that, that growth group leader? I went to their house, and I was struggling, and I cried on their shoulder, and they prayed with me, and they helped me see how God saw my life. You are going to make an impact in someone else's life when you give it all away for him. You are here today because somebody decided to give their life away. You are in this seat right now because someone decided to serve and give it away. I said I believe that you're in the right place at the right time right now, and I absolutely meant it. So a little bit of cause and effect here at Hope City Church. I want to paint a picture in your mind for you right now about these kinds of decisions in our life. So 13 years ago, a teacher, a school teacher named Andrea Isaacs came to this church and shortly became the pastor. And then she invested in a young teenage girl by the name of Kaylee Fleming. And Kaylee had a wonderful talent in her as well. And then Kaylee got a job, and, and as she started coming to Jesus, started learning how to share Jesus. And she shared it with Someone that she worked with named Samantha Handy. Samantha Handy gave her life to Christ and came to church. Samantha entered a relationship with a guy named Dakota Dawson, and he started coming to church. And there began to be a ripple effect, and I'm sure you can think 
of things like this in your life as well. And after Dakota Dawson, he's friends with Corey Talley. And Corey Talley's now in Shepherdsville giving his heart to Christ and getting baptized on Sunday morning. And his parents come now to see him get baptized. And this ripple effect is what happens when we give our entire life to Jesus. And that's what happened with Pastor Andrea years ago. So whether you're new in your relationship with God right now today, whether this is the first time you've been in church in a really long time, whether you have a hard time talking to Jesus right now or not, no matter where you are, today can be the day for you where you drop your past, you let go of some things so God can create a new life in you where you say, I'm going to repurpose what I do today, starting today. I'm going to say yes to him, and no matter what it looks like, I'm going to give away 100% everything I do to God because it's worth it. The life that you're going to live and the impact that you're going to make is going to be so incredible. I've seen it firsthand, and I know because you are here today, and you're going to affect lots of people in your life. Giving ourselves to him every day can look just like a school teacher deciding to come to church. Change is hard, you guys. I get that. My husband gets that. Our family gets that. Changing what you do is hard, especially when what you're emotionally attached to has been with you for a really long time. Some of these relationships that God might be asking you to let go of, that's going to be hard. I won't sugarcoat it. But it's worth it. And I'm your biggest cheerleader here with you today encouraging you. So throw it away. Drop what is part of your past holding you back. Give your future completely over to God. Because following Jesus is definitely worth it. So let's pray.